So the Lord's been, I think, speaking to my heart on a particular subject as I've been going through the book of John, and it's just been mind-blowing to me of all the things where you really spend time in the Word, just how much the Lord reveals it more and more in depth, just like peeling an onion. And so I think that's what he's, he just hasn't released me out of the book of John yet. I've been in it for well over a month now, so it's, anyway, I titled today's message, Peace I Leave You, Peace I Give You. So if you leave here today, just just remember to take that with you. So you can find that in John 14, 27, but we're going to dive really primarily into that verse today and what that means. And it's just such a fascinating uh, verse and, and really what it means and how we can apply it to our life today. But it's it's an amazing and if, gift is really what it is. Peace is a gift, a gift from God. So, of course, the ultimate uh, gift we have, of course, is a gift of salvation. But this this is right up there, a very important gift, and it, it releases so many other gifts. But... Um, Jesus basically tells the disciples, peace I leave you and peace, my peace I give you. And he's telling the disciples, his followers, at the very evening, the night before they, or the night that they were going to, the last supper, that they were going to take him and ultimately crucify him. And through that conversation, he tells the disciples many things. He encourages them to love one another. He then goes on and tells them that he will go and he will prepare a place for them, and that he will come back for them. And then he promises that the whole, to send the Holy Spirit when he leaves. And then the last thing, one of the last things he says is, I leave you peace, peace. Would you all agree that we need peace in the world we live in today? This is a crazy time. I don't know if it's any more crazier than when Jesus walked the earth, but this is a time where we really need is peace. I think of peace, it keeps you grounded, grounded in the word, grounded in the Lord. But with that, let me open with prayer. Lord, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for John 14, 27. Lord, where you, Lord, where you left peace, you give peace. You are the giver, the author, the origin of peace. And Lord, today we just want to bask in that peace. Lord, your peace is just beyond all understanding, Lord, and we just, we seek that, Lord. We want to walk in your peace. We ask that, Lord, you would open our heart, our mind, and our soul to your word today. And, Lord, that we would be ambassadors for you, Lord. We would be lights and beacons in a dark world, speaking your peace and your love into everyone. And we just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you will do. Amen. So... Many of you know this, but a common word or phrase, particularly over in, in Eastern cultures, is for somebody that would be welcome or a, you're telling them goodbye, would be a word of peace. As a matter of fact, uh, the word shalom has many different meanings, and one of them is peace. And so I've really been thinking about this and meditating over the scripture about peace is there's a reason for that, uh, to welcome somebody in peace as they would come or go. Jesus prepared the disciples for his departure, but it was no ordinary uh, word of peace. 
as you would say, somebody would be leaving shalom or peace. It was not a, a normal go in peace or farewell that he imparted. He says, peace, I leave you. Peace, I give you. He goes on to say, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. There's, there's much to that little verse if you really take the time to think about it. Rather than a common or worldly kind of peace, the spiritual peace that Jesus offers to his followers, and that's you and I, is a permanent gift. Jesus is basically saying that any gift of the world is going to be short-term. It's going to wear out, fade out, go away. But the peace he gives you is everlasting. Think about that, that peace. Peace can be used to describe many different things. We use it all the time. Pastor Henry was talking about the war or Ukraine getting invaded. I'm sure right now they're, they're really looking for peace. A lot of times we contribute the word with peace as an absence of war or controversy or discomfort, or there's many different ways that you could define peace. I know sometimes when we have grandkids at our house, when they're not fighting or quarreling, there's peace. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, from war, actual war, uh, if there's enough cookies to go around to the grandkids, all kinds of ways to define peace. But peace, it can be used to not only describe, as I mentioned, the end of war and conflict, but also a calmness. Jesus came to bring a different kind of peace on this earth. I would be curious to know what, how you all would describe peace. At his birth, an angel declared glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those whom he has his favor, or whom his favor rests. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of want his favor to rest upon me. I want that peace. Also, the prophet Isaiah foretold the coming of Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace. The Bible is just, there's tons of passages that speak to Jesus as peace. So it really kind of set me on a, an exercise to go through all those passages. And the more that I studied, the more that I looked and researched, I began to realize that Jesus is peace. He's the author of peace. And we as children of God are called to go out and be, to impart peace. And I don't know, to me, if, that just opens the door that Jesus' love can flow through us as we impart peace. I've noticed examples of peace just being here this morning. Little Donnie coming to Eunice and saying hi and giving her a hug. That imparts peace and it opens the door for love and all the other attributes of Jesus to flow through him. That is peace. There's so many different ways that we can express peace 
in our daily lives. And I think that's what Jesus was one of the points that he was trying to get across to the, his followers, the disciples. I mean, their world was literally getting turned upside down. He just got through washing their feet. He told them that one of them was going to betray him. And then he's going to leave them on top of all that. And Jesus tells them this verse, peace, I leave you, peace, I give you. This is a profound verse that applies to us each and every day as we go through all kinds of trials and tribulations, even down to the kid level. They want peace too. So I really started looking at this verse, and I, I broke it down into to three basic questions. But first, I'm going to have to get my glasses on. The world would have us believe that peace is only the absence of war and conflict. But it is so much more than that. The, defi the Bible defines peace and its origin as Jesus, as I mentioned earlier. Why do I say that? Because it was the blood of Jesus that was shed to redeem us from the wrath of God. Therefore, establishing peace on earth on our behalf with the Father. Let me put it in a different way. We can have peace because Jesus obtained peace with the Father on our behalf by the shedding of his blood. We cannot have peace on earth if it wasn't for the peace that Jesus established with us and the Father. We can walk in that assurance, that peace, that knowledge, knowing that the, the battle is already won, the war is already won. Yeah, we go through trials and upsets and situations in life that stretch us. But those things, to be honest, are nothing compared to what Jesus has already accomplished for us. Peace. Peace. He left us. He is peace. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, it's a pretty fascinating verse. And to me, it's one of the verses that really provides a deeper meaning of peace. But it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He provided that peace. A lot of times you see and experience some, some unhappy people. Well, we can pray for peace for them. Matter of fact, we can do more than just pray until we can help impart that peace of Jesus Christ to them. So these uh, few questions that I wrote down, there's three questions. So why would Jesus leave us peace and then say he gives it to us? 
If you notice, that's what John 14, 27 says. Peace I leave you and peace I give you. Well, which, why does he say it that way? What does that mean? Well, because it was his finished work on the cross that he left us. A gift purchased by his blood for our sins and available to those who believe. He left us that gift. He already finished that work, that job. It's complete. It's done. There's nothing that you and I can do to advance that. He's done it. Now, we can take that free gift, and we can be imparters of his peace and pass that on to others. We can pass that peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace of Christ. Have you ever gone on a trip and left instructions for someone to take care of your possessions, things, homes? Yes, most likely all of us have. As I think about that, I think about when Jesus, at the Last Supper, that was what he was doing. He was giving instructions to his followers. Peace I leave you, peace I give you. He knew that we would need that peace, that peace to bring us through life, that peace that brings that everlasting joy. I can remember one time when I was, well, Tina and uh, her mom and dad were there, and we were in England, and uh, we were just dying for some good old American food. That English food takes a while to get used to. And uh, we were in downtown London, and I seen a pizza hut, and I thought we had died and gone to heaven, and I'd, yep, we're going there. And we're sitting there, and we're, about to get our pizza ordered, and a couple tables over, there was some lady, elderly lady that was there, and she was very bitter, very unhappy, and that waitress could not do anything right. And everything that waitress was doing was very polite, courteous, and that woman was uh, just very rude to the waitress. My water's cold. My water's too hot. And she must have brought her half a dozen cups of water and too hot in here, it's too cold, and the bread's stale, and, and the poor waitress was about to cry, and we had finished our meal, and we were going to leave, and the Lord pressed it on my heart to pay for this woman's meal, and I told the waitress, just add it to our ticket, but don't say anything until we're gone, and we're about out the door, and I hear this scuffle behind me, I'm literally the last one going through the door, and I look around, and it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> she found out, and this lady is furious. And she just could not believe, and she's saying, how dare you? How dare you pay for my meal? And it's like, whoop. And she's coming to me, and the only thing I could say was what the Lord put on my heart. And it's like, the Lord loves you. You know, because she kept saying, why, why, why? And I just said, because the Lord loves you. And it was an act of kindness, that, that peace that flowed through me into this woman who probably hadn't had a nice act of uh, a peaceful gesture in who knows how long. But it's, that's how 
acts like that, how we impart peace, and then the love of Christ will flow. All these other gifts will flow. But that was some pretty good pizza. <laughs> when I think about John fourteen twenty seven, it really is a two-prong meaning. The first part, peace I give you. That's because Jesus established peace through his blood between us and the Father. I just can't really emphasize that statement. We're going to be playing a, a YouTube song. Paulette's going to play it towards the end. and I just kept playing that song over and over today because it really speaks of this message. And it just really, I think, opened my heart to the deeper meaning of peace. Um, you know, growing up, we, we tend to get a meaning of a word just kind of engraved in us. And it's, sometimes it, it takes a while for it to really sink in. But we should really take time to think about that word peace without the peace that Jesus created for us established for us with the Father. We cannot have peace on earth. He is peace, the origin of peace, the author of peace. And we're called to share that peace with others. The second part of that peace, I leave you. He leaves us instructions to abide in his peace, to pour out his peace. That's what we're called to do. I look at these, these youngsters, and they bring a lot of peace. And they can help, I think, impart peace into others. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. I bet these kids didn't know they're peacemakers. We're all kids makers. Blessed are the ones that are peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. In John 16, 33, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That in itself brings peace. He's overcome the world. He's won the battle. Peace is found in no other. The world would lead you to believe that there's peace found in many different things, many different ways, many different actions. But true, never-ending never peace comes from God. Okay, we're making good time. We're on to... Question number two. Only two more hours left. So what is the difference between the peace that Jesus gives us and the peace the world offers us? We already discussed how the Bible defines peace. But how would you define peace? Does anybody have a, an answer? I don't know that there's a wrong answer. 
There you go. Still waters. I think there's a song, isn't it? Uh, Peace. What's that song? Peace like a flowing river. There you go. That's been rolling in my mind. But yep. So peace. And I think, you know, I've really thought about this a lot. And I think the, the more peace that we have, the more that en- enables us to do the work that God has called us to do. I, you know, and even to that story I was telling you about the, the elderly lady in England, I don't think she was probably doing the work that God, that God probably wanted her to do because she was bitter. If we're bitter, if we're unhappy, then we're disabling ourselves from doing what God has called us to do. People are not going to want what's in us if we're bitter or unhappy. I'm not saying we're not going to have trials or tribulations, but we can have peace through those things. Peace that is beyond all understanding. I once had a guy ask me, well, why are you not all fearful or why are you not all upset? Because I have the, the peace, the peace of the Lord. The peace of the Lord. Some people, the world would define peace as having lots of money, rich and not poor. They would define uh, in many different ways. Um, But as we think about peace, we don't need we need to think about it in a ways to where there's peace when we forgive somebody uh, we're always going to have problems we can have peace to those problems and material things as the world would define it might try and convince us that that would bring peace no the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about is is different As a matter of fact, in Galatians 5.22, it says that the peace of God is the one gift. As a matter of fact, it shows the, the gifts of the Spirit. Peace is one of those gifts. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Peace is way up there. So really, what's the difference? The answer to this question is very simple. Peace the world gives is dependent mostly on circumstances. When everything lines up, when everything's going good, there's no problem, then that's the measure of peace for worldly standards. But the peace by the worldly standard is simply the absence of problems, disturbances, or inconveniences. But the peace that Jesus gives is so much more than that. It is not dependent on circumstances. And we really need to understand that and grab hold of that. The peace, this peace that Jesus is talking about, it flows in the midst of persecutions, troubles, 
disappointments, confusions, and even anxiety. You know, I can remember growing up until I was in my 20s. I never heard that word anxiety. Now it's everywhere. Everybody has anxiety, it seems like. But even through anxiety, we can have peace. Peace, the peace that only comes from Jesus, that never ends and never expires. What he did promise through all the trials of life, in spite of our situations in life, that he will give us peace. It was a promise, a gift for each of us to cling to, to grab, to take hold of, and to not forget peace. So you might ask, well, how can I accept this peace, this peace of Jesus? How do I get it? Where do I buy that? Where's the line for that? Paul even speaks of it in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. When Paul wrote the letter to the church of Philippi, he tells him how to obtain this lasting peace. This lasting peace that Jesus has made available to each and every one of us. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Sorry, got to get my glasses. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus Christ. That peace, it guards your heart. It guards your mind. If you don't have peace, that's the devil's green light to come in and start planting fear in all kinds of things in your life and getting you off track. As you and I go through life, there will be problems, guaranteed. There will be moments of anxiety, worry, nervousness, and fear, but know that Jesus does not want us to live in, in anxiety or any, any things of that matter with a troubled heart. He wants you to have a peaceful heart, a peaceful mind. Jesus offers us peace. That is his antidote for the world that we live in. Peace is a wonderful gift that Jesus has left each and every one of us. He wants us to experience the fullness of his peace. I would emphasize that again. He wants us to emphasize, I'm sorry, to, ex- to experience that fullness of his peace. Try and get all of it. Don't be peaceful part of the time. Impart the peace of Christ all the time. Let his peace dwell in us all the time. Don't have a split personality. This meaning in John 14, 27 has really changed my life as I really started reading it and meditating on it. And again, I would take it, cherish it, 
cling to it and let that peace abound you by walking in the fullness of his peace. And as we do so, that's going to enable all the other gifts of Christ to flow through us. So we're getting close to being done. Last question. Why does Jesus want our hearts to not be troubled or fearful? Well, we've all been around babies, young children. We've had to watch over them, keep them safe, keep them from sharp objects, keep them from falling, swallowing things, choking on things. But when you think about it, I mean, as Jesus knows the absence of his peace, it truly does usher in fear and anxiety and ultimately things that's going to harm us spiritually and that will harm us. And as I said earlier, we cannot fully serve God with a troubled or fearful heart. We're not going to be in the right frame of mind. We're not going to be prepared. We're not going to be that, that vessel that's, that's ready and active for service if we've got a troubled heart or a fearful mind. We just need to completely surrender to Christ. Let his peace just flow in us and through us, no matter the situations, no matter how things may look or appear. God wants fearful, fearless followers. And I tell you, in, in my ministry and my times where I've witnessed to people in various places, that's one of the things that Satan will try and throw up at you is fear. Like they're going to reject you. They're going to yell at you. They're going to cuss at you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to ridicule you. Those are the things that Satan uses to... Try and get peace out of your heart to try and disable you from doing what the Lord has called you to do. We just need that, that peace to flow in us so we can do what he's called us to do. If we have a fear, if we have fear and a troubled heart, then we're not going to be able to praise the Lord as we should. We're not going to be able to thank the Lord as we should. We're not going to be able to walk in faith as we should. We're not going to be able to go back into the enemy's camp and, told, and take back what he's stolen if we're walking in fear. God has called us to a higher place. And I think he wants us to answer that call, to go to that higher place. Ephesians 2, 7 says that he came to preach peace to near and far. We are that way too. Okay, I'm getting close to closing. Drum roll. <laughs> but, and Paulette's going to prepare a song for us here in just a, a couple minutes. But there is, 
Oh, I forgot a verse. A part that I want to speak about real quickly, where Jesus wants fearless followers, which in Jeremiah it talks about a matter of fact, I think we got a poster of it there in the back. It says, saddle the horses, mount the stallions, take your positions with helmets on, polish your spears, and put on your armor. Does that sound like somebody that's got a troubled heart or fear? No, it doesn't. But part of that armor that Jeremiah is talking about includes peace. If we have peace in our heart, it's pretty hard for Satan to take hold, to take root in our heart. We need that peace. Without the peace of God, Satan can have his way with us, and he can plague our heart. There is no need for a fearful or troubled heart, because as a child of God, we are found in him, and Satan has no power over him. In John 14, 7, it says that. Jesus says, Satan has no power over me. And we are found in Christ. Isaiah even speaks of of this gift of peace that Christ actually bought it for us when he went to the cross. In Isaiah 53, 5, he says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with the stripes we were healed. Brought us peace. Jesus brought us peace for the work that he did on the cross. And through that we can live in peace. Okay, now we're time for the cool song. So there's a there's something I want to say right after the song, but the song's just a couple minutes long. But I would encourage to you to listen to all the words. It really spoke to my heart. Hi, Shoot Songs family. Today we're going to be sharing with you John fourteen twenty seven. We hope this brings peace to you.
Yeah, that really touched my heart too. But peace. He left us. Peace he gives us. As you leave here today, just really think and meditate on what that truly means and how we are supposed to be a people that imparts peace. That's going to let Christ, we're going to be that open vessel where Christ can flow through us in our daily lives. So, Anyway, with that, we will close in prayer. Hopefully that will speak to your heart as it has mine. Well, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for... Lord, your peace. Lord, I just, I just, my mind is just blown. Just, Lord, how much peace, Lord, you have provided to each and every one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have established peace between us and the Father for the shedding of your blood. Lord, that we can boldly go into that inner room. We thank you for that peace, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have eternal peace. And, Lord, through that peace, Lord, we thank you that we can live our lives with peace. And, Lord, we just ask that, Lord, we would be that humble and willing vessel that your peace can flow through us to each and every one of us in our lives, our jobs, Lord, our home. Lord, please let us be that, that vessel. Lord, please show us how we can impart peace in a greater, bigger way, Lord, that your kingdom will advance. Lord, that your love may flow through us. And we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for just how great you are and how much you love us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.